Do you love cake? Do you have an event or a birthday or wedding that needs something special? Follow Sweet Squirrel Bakery on Instagram or Facebook or email sweetsquirrelbakery at gmail.com to get a quote or to talk about styles and ideas. Again, that is Sweet Squirrel Bakery on Instagram, Facebook, or Gmail. Sweet Squirrel Bakery at gmail.com. Today's episode of Meet Someone Who contains graphic scenes of domestic violence. Please listen with discretion. If you or anyone you know is in need of help, the National Domestic Violence Hotline number is 1 800 799 7233 or 1-800-799-SAFE. The National Domestic Hotline also has a website called thehotline.org where you can chat or call with a specialist today. Thank you for listening. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Meet Someone Who. Today we have Ty, who uh, meets someone who is a survivor. Um, Ty. Um, this is my first time meeting you, so it's, uh, this is my first time doing an episode where I haven't, you know, been friends with the person for, like, five, six years, so <laughs> if I'm awkward, please, uh, <laughs> please bear with me. I'm so sorry for being so awkward. It's but, okay, um, I'm, I'm pretty awkward But myself. it's really, uh, <laughs> nice to meet you, Ty, and, uh, like, why don't like, you go ahead and tell everyone what you're a survivor of today? Um, I l- have lived through many years of domestic violence throughout my life. So you know the ins and outs of manipulation and lies gaslighting and like physical abuse um different different variations of emotional abuse yeah i've been through a whole lot of of things of that nature all right so i guess let's just uh let's just start off tell me how did this the the is there a main relationship that you are referencing when you're referencing your domestic violence honestly there's (laughs) there's been like a quite a few of them that have been so equivalently terrible to one another that i really can't like specify to you a single one that was like actually the worst um they're all terrible in their own ways so um let's talk about i guess let's just your first one what was your first experience when did you realize this guy's abuse this is abuse um did it take a long time honestly a lot of my abuse started like when i was a kid like in my home life so I think, like, my first recognition of, like, yeah, I'm being abused was when I was probably about 15 or 16. Wow. Um, I had been dealing with, like, I, I fought a lot with my dad. Like, we would get into physical altercations all the time. And um, I don't I don't really even to this day understand, like, his side of things. And I don't think I ever will. And that's okay. He's honestly a much different person now and I'm very happy for that but isn't that but isn't that like a bittersweet thing though it really is um because the same with mine like a completely different person growing it's up yeah and- it's insane to me but the, it's I it's even more bittersweet because I have a kid brother that's like 11 years old now so to see him get the best parts of my dad that I never got yep. is really hard but I'm also really grateful that he doesn't have to deal with the things I went through I tell my little brother that every thought yeah and the thing too is that like I my family was really weird we had a lot of shit going on and I was really the only person that ever dealt with a lot of physical abuse at all like I had a sister my sister's a year younger than me so we grew up together okay and she never really dealt with any of that but my sister's also a lot quieter she's not defiant she's not she doesn't speak up no she will I mean she will when she gets 
to the point she feels like she has to, but she knows when to quit. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I I really didn't. And uh <laughs> It's um, that spirit though. Yeah. I have that I, exact I know exactly what I you're just, talking about. I can't I I think it's really just a matter of like feeling having to feel respected as a human being for me. And so when I don't feel like someone is treating me a way that I need to be treated in general, I just I lose it and I don't I don't I don't handle it well. But um I think the the first time I realized it I was yeah, I was like fifteen or sixteen and um it had been happening probably I think since I was twelve. And I think I remember the very first day it turned into that because like for a long time it was just we would get like, you know, spankings or whatever. Like we would get in trouble and shit, but it wasn't like um drastic like that. But like like explain drastic. Like so, authorities called, like Like here's here's okay, my first memory of like genuinely being abused and like leaving with like bruises and like being fucked up was I was twelve years old and um my mom had taken us to uh a, like a clothing store to get uh like whatever and she had like an optometrist appointment after that it was like a whole thing and she told me and my sister to get an outfit each and and then we had to go but we had like 10 minutes and I was like what like that's insane I can't decide on something in 10 minutes and so I didn't get to pick anything and I was kind of a brat so I like had a meltdown so I was like 12 <laughs> right. you know it happens and um my mom's not She's a lot more patient now. She was not a very patient person then. And um, she didn't take well to that. And so on the way home, she called my dad and she was like, you know, you have to deal with this. Like, I don't, you know, she's in trouble. It's a big, it's like a whole thing. And so we get home and we pull into the driveway and my mom drove a Ford Expedition at the time and I was in the passenger seat and um, I didn't even get out of the car. Like my dad was waiting for me in the driveway with a belt. And, uh, he just like went in on me and I didn't have an opportunity to really do anything. And I just kind of curled up. <sighs> I haven't talked about that in a long time, but, uh, shit. no, it's okay. Take your time. Take your time, <gasps> please. Yeah. I listen. When I hear a door knocking, I remember my dad running, chasing me down the hall to my uh. bed breaking my door down yeah man you ever been afraid like that oh god (laughs) there have been so many times and i think like now i just don't even it doesn't happen like that anymore for me like people those memories i hate to say that you know i forgive him and blah 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 and i love him now (laughs) you know um the relationship (laughs) i have with my dad now is like weird um we just like we've had a lot of i've talked to him about it a lot honestly and the 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 fucked up part is is when it first happened like he apologized like he cried about it like he wasn't he obviously felt bad you know and um that was the first time i'd ever seen my dad cry about anything and it was it was a whole thing and but like at the same time i was so angry because like he just did that to me and i had like on my leg he had hit me so hard with the belt that um there's a perfect square and it was like oh you could see it try was trying to bleed like it was almost a pressure cut but it just like wouldn't and it was just all this blood welling up and i was just covered in stripes like on my arms and legs i had to wear sweaters and uh leggings to school in the middle of summer for or, uh like out in public in the middle of summer 
Yeah. For like two weeks. It was crazy. It was awful. So that type of domestic violence that's, you know, in your childhood and growing up in your formative years and stuff like that, did that kind of translate into have you had relationships? Absolutely. Yeah. My firm belief is that people who are abused as children that don't get the proper therapy or medication or help for that trauma end up being perfect victims later because they haven't healed themselves from that and they don't understand what to look for there's in no, a healthy partner no, that's what i was that's one of my yeah what's his red flags yeah you, you, you don't almost, understand you almost seek out yeah you flags. do because the thing is is and i've done a lot of research on it you know because dealing with it and having to find a healing process and not really having access to really great like healthcare to be able to go see a therapist and everything like that like I've done a lot of research on my own time and I've read a lot of psychology journals about it. And um, I've read that like uh, people who deal with like emotional abuse and like physical abuse um, have these like it, it messes with your, your receptors in your brain. Like you, your, your serotonin deposits and stuff like you don't, you get different deposits from those reactions like that high the highs and lows with those people because it's like a roller coaster and you would say i don't i mean i'm sure you could get easily diagnosed with ptsd just from i mean i definitely deal with ptsd because and i recognize it in my relationships with other people all the time because like man there's so much that goes into that (laughs) like the things that people have said to me out of spite and hatred to emotionally abuse me have stuck with me and like hearing anything similar to those things will really fuck with me um i don't like i i have really serious issues with intimacy like be being trusting to people is really a hard thing for me to do like genuinely and i you know was hypersexual for a while because I, I just wanted to feel some kind of affection from people. And it's when you feel like you want to have control. Yeah, I also get, that. I get hypersexual too. For when, sure. When I feel That's like also an aspect control. of that. Mm-hmm. But I, I, don't think, I don't think that was something I recognized about it for a long time because that started really young for me, which was super fucked up also. And like, that, it was just a whole thing. I didn't, it was bad. <laughs> and, you know, I, I made a lot of bad decisions with that. And then uh, I ended up, moving on from it and now i just i really don't i'm not the same i don't have that issue at all anymore like it's completely opposite now (laughs) like yeah i just don't like i'm like don't touch me like don't leave me alone so how what i feel like people that have been you know a survivor of of this kind of abuse and in any kind of abuse really i guess um you were saying it's hard to trust people now Mm mm-hmm what does it take for someone to gain your trust? I mean, does it, you said you, you didn't see the red flags before or, or you were someone who wasn't trained to see the red flags before. Now that you can, is any little bitty thing going to like, Hey, no, I'm not, I'm not fucking with you. That's it. You're, you're done. Like, Mm. are you quick to cut people off now? Yes. And no, I mean, it's, uh, I am a forgiving person still. Like if someone does something, that's obviously a mistake or a miscommunication like i'm very i'm very like i give people the benefit of the doubt a lot more than i even would like to admit honestly but i 
have a hard time trusting someone on like a person like a super intimate personal level like I if someone betrays me in a way that like what I would deem unforgivable is somebody like physically abusing me obviously um and then like somebody like lying to me constantly like I would never be able to deal with that like just just serious issues like and somebody that doesn't respect like what the things that trigger me for sure Mm -hmm. like that would definitely be a no-go for me I don't trust you if you don't respect me in that nature do you start off relationships now saying like prefacing it like hey I have these things that that bother me and these things that I can't deal with and I almost feel like I'm obligated to because if I don't then like that boundary isn't really set and I can't expect someone to understand my reaction to something if they don't understand that it's a problem for me to begin with boundaries is really important to to go over because i feel like part of having ptsd is your whole life feels like you're resetting those boundaries Mm -hmm. with people with people you've seen every like all the time that's been a really recent thing for me actually mm -hmm. and so that's really interesting that you bring that up because i haven't really talked to anyone about that but i uh like setting boundaries with my parents has been a thing for me recently like i um it's really healthy it is and i (laughs) to be honest didn't do it in the healthiest manner (laughs) but it worked out really well so um because like my dad like after a while just kind of started leaving me alone like we just didn't talk really for a long time uh and i kind of just went through my phases of life and i was kind of a burnout for a couple of years you know like it just is what it is i was doing a lot of like lsd and like how old are you i'm 25 20 yeah 26 so like, so that's, yeah so like from like 17 to like 23 probably i just fuck it you know i it just, was crazy because i've i used to work with your mom yeah i don't know if you knew that <laughs> yeah. i was a supervisor i was 18 oh my god when she was a supervisor at Kroger. <laughs> so i was like her little shit that kept bothering her and, and i heard so much about you she has nothing like, but good things to say about you so. really yeah <laughs> okay she loves you she thinks you're great um so it's just weird that uh, i feel like i've known you for so long yeah. i've literally never met you i've only seen pictures of you on facebook that's so funny um but um, what were we saying? Boundaries. Important yeah. to set. Important to go over. We literally, I just went to behavioral therapy. I'm bipolar. So um, I, for a month and a half, I was in behavioral therapy where we talk about our feelings. I've know, been through like behavioral that. therapy. Love it. I mean, I was inpatient before in June. I've been inpatient yeah. too. Uh, <laughs> From a suicide attempt. Yo, Sometimes you just want to do the die. Sometimes you just don't want to be here anymore. And you wake up and you're like, this shit again? um but so in behavioral therapy they teach us uh boundaries and we had to take this little test that's like to know how to know if you're not a sociopath but almost yeah i love you know like how do you you're a defensive uh person if you like run away from a conversation or you know shit like that like how is being through right (laughs) how is going through these turbulent relationships has it strengthened your the way you communicate? I feel like you come off as a really well spoken person that knows what they're talking Thank about. You. Like, oh my god, that's so sweet of you. Um, it uh, took many years for me to form that ability. Um, for a long time, like after leaving my parents' house and kind of becoming my own person, like I was very aggressive. I was an angry motherfucker because everyone just did me dirty all the time and like it so you you just said fuck it i'm gonna i'm gonna do the dirty first i was just mad and so i was really petty and i was 
Um, honestly, I had a lot of toxic traits I had to work out and I was not good at communicating. I would, um, I would bottle things up because I was afraid of people's reactions because every reaction I ever got from anyone was negative, you know, and it ended with me getting my ass kicked. So I, uh, I was really shut off and disconnected from people for quite a few years. And I think that's kind of like the metamorphosis that I needed though, because it, it helped a lot to to kind of open me up because it, after a while I realized like how shitty I was being and I realized that like I didn't want to be this person and I realized nobody was gonna like want to be around me and want to enjoy me as a person it's like, almost like you feel like you're toxic I felt like I was toxic. I was right I, after, just, I know I was yeah. it's not even a feeling like I, I look retrospectively mm-hmm. I had some fucked up habits and I was not a nice person I did some really hateful shit to some people and I did it out of you know, malice because I was hurt and I didn't know how else to respond because nobody had ever taught me a healthy way to handle anything. Right. So that it's, was just it's emotion and violence. And yeah, that was all I knew. And that was the only thing I, I could respond with. Like, and so it took me a long time to realize that like, that wasn't the only choice. And I, there were other ways to be, and like, you didn't have to respond to everything that way. And, you know, you could be soft and, you know, gentle to people even if they hurt you like you don't have to let people make you into a bad person because of you know, or even badly even like letting people or having people make you a hard or cold exactly person. yeah and i because the thing is is i see that in some people that i'm close to and in and, and some of the partners that I've dealt with, you know, they, they are, they are the way they are because they were abused as children. And I understand that, but that's not an excuse and it doesn't, what it do doesn't you, have to be that way. Right. I, I, there's this song that I love and it's just like, um, okay. Um, there's this part of this song that I really like and it just reminds me of like, I don't know this this band the the lead singer hates his dad or hated his dad he's he's over <laughs> it now he was an alcoholic he's over it now yeah but um just this part that he says our realities are to create uh, and the sooner that you realize the sooner that you can change or history will just hit repeat and you will pass your poison down onto your child's feet mm-hmm. and they will struggle struggle to breathe cowering in shadows that you cast they cannot see I won't repeat the things that I can change that's mad relatable dude so do you did you feel like it was i felt like it was my duty to fix myself i'm still fixing myself i think because i can't have kids and and give them this sickness of abusive Mm -hmm. and emotional just awful like yeah you know what i'm saying like yeah i actually i have a daughter um she's seven years old now and uh, is she really yeah wow (laughs) um and uh that's a big part of it for me but I think even before that I didn't have it in me to put the effort forward to do it but I definitely like knew that I wanted to be different like I knew that I didn't want to be a mean person I didn't want to be malicious or angry or bitter or jaded you know because there's a lot more to life than the people that hurt you and you can't let that shit stop you from like being happy like you gotta just go out there and get it dude because you said uh it was like a metamorphosis and i like that term because it's you go in as a caterpillar and you come out as a butterfly like i i mean we all like (laughs) gay as that is (laughs) it really it really did feel like that though because 
I like moths better, but, (laughs) (laughs) but it, it really did feel like that because like, I didn't know anything about the world. Like, because I went through a lot of abuse as a kid, but I also was very like sheltered Mm -hmm. that my parents didn't like, they did a lot to keep us away from like the darker parts of life. I didn't know much about sex or much about like, I mean, I knew the basics, but I didn't know much about like, you know, like the raunchy shit. I didn't know much about like drugs or drinking or any of that. Was it kind of like a don't ask, don't tell type situation? Or was it like, not really like I did you told, feel like if you came home one day and and your mom found weed on you would you be like fucked like you're yeah done? oh yeah, absolutely yeah. at that point in time for sure like yeah. i would they would not have been good like yeah. especially as a teenager living in my parents house oh god no as an adult now i do what i want and like we're all on the same page but yeah. <laughs> you know uh, definitely then like yeah it would have caused a fight for sure okay. but, uh, um let me see here so with domestic violence being part of you you said you had partners display this kind of yeah it's uh moving on after my parents like it was really easy for me to fall in with people that had the same attributes and um like the the fucked up part about it is you don't ever see it until it happens because you don't want to and you don't know what the f- you don't know what the flags are for a while you know what i mean you gotta feel shit out especially even even as a person who doesn't deal with domestic violence you don't always know what the red flags are right and, that's and i how feel you like end up in that situation exactly a lot of the time. and i feel like you could have gone up to someone who knew all about domestic violence and just be like yeah this is and this happening and they'd be like that that and that is happening mm-hmm. run like well, and you know but the, what if you don't have like the crazy thing is is people will tell you that mm-hmm. But you won't believe it. You still won't want to do it. <laughs> well, and you'll just be like, oh, well, you're like, it's, you don't know. No, this is not my even not really. Well, you know, like, it'll be different later, you know, or like, it wasn't always like that. Or like, you know, it. it's always something. There's always some excuse. And that's, and I don't even say that like negatively. I, I say that wistfully, like sadly, because like, it hurts me to know that like someone had that much power over me to make me continue making that decision what was the final and this could be about any of your abusive relationships or any kind of relationships Mm -hmm. at all really what was your last final thing like so many bad things could happen and you still stay but what was the last thing the worst thing that someone did to me that I was immediately like, I can't do this shit anymore was when I got into an argument with a guy I dated. Um, I was with him for like almost a year and uh, I had known him in high school and we had dated before and it didn't end well, but it didn't go like this. So, um, you know, and I I thought we could try again and uh, we were together for a long time and he had started drinking a lot and he became a really bad alcoholic. And I'm talking like he was spending our last dollars on a fucking handle of Bacardi for, and it was shitty Bacardi too. I was so upset. And Bacardi's like, only like twenty percent. It so. was. I know. <laughs> Why are you all that money I know. Well, if when he on a good day he'd go get like Kraken, but yeah, he had shit taste. I like rum, but that's shit. But anyway, um, uh, so we had gotten into it, and uh, I don't really honestly remember how it started. I don't. He says that I started it, like I threw something at him. I 
I I don't know. I really don't know. And that's something that happens when you're gaslit a bunch of times. You really just end, you don't know. <laughs> well, um, and also it could it, situations present, and I feel like it could just start off that heated. It really like, could, yeah. And you know, you 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 really it. I I have no idea, man. But all what I can remember is that we got into it, and we were. I was really not a good time in my life. I was living at like a budget suites thing. It was like an extended stay, so. Basically, this place I was staying at, if you have the cops called to your unit, like, you have to leave. There, it's the, Like, yeah. that's it. No, okay. So, we had gotten into an argument, and he was being a spiteful bastard, and he was like, well, uh, I'm, you know, I want to leave you, blah, 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 whatever, and he had done this a couple times before, and so I was just like, like, whatever, dude, just go. And so he kept trying to, like, come back in and, like, instigate some more shit. And I was like, please just leave. And uh, I had grabbed something of his or I think it was I took his keys. I took his keys because he was drunk. Mm. And I was like, you can walk off, but you're not taking your car right now. Like, you're too drunk to drive and you're going to kill yourself or someone else. Like, it's just not happening. And he was like, well, then I'm fucking calling the police. So I start. It's panic mode for me at that yeah. point because I'm dealing with the junk nightmare and I'm thinking like I'm going to get evicted. And we also had like 10 animals. Jesus. Yeah. They were all like small animals. We had like a hamster and like a little lizard and a snake, like some like, you know, so it was OK. But like in two days with 10 animals yeah, to leave this place if you call the police. So it was just crazy. And I was like panicking. And I was like I started like sobbing and like begging him. And I was like, please don't call the police. And he reaches for the phone. And I reach for the phone because I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't afford to move. I can't, it's not good. Like I'm just panicking. So I reach for the phone and I try to grab it from him. And all I remember from that point is me being on the floor and him being on top of me. I'm on my stomach on the floor and he grabs me by the back of my head by my hair and he just fucking rams my face into the floor repeatedly. And he broke my nose. Uh, I mean, it wasn't really that bad. It was like a little tiny break. Thankfully, it didn't turn out awful. But uh, I left that place with two black eyes and a broken nose and a fat lip and some of my hair on the floor. And, uh, uh, you know, the cops came and, and he had he'd also... I, at some point choked me out it was a whole thing like that wasn't the end of it that was just the, like the one part I really remember um uh and I mean of course you know at that point I was fighting back too because I had just lost it at that I you know like what are you gonna do at that point so you know I was kicking and screaming and I also remember him holding me down again and like making me punch him it was so the weirdest thing ever like he was like hit me and I was like I don't want to do this and he was like fucking hit me and he wouldn't let me go and until I did it and so I just I fuck it man so I just I did it I just started wailing on him and like he started bleeding from his mouth and he spit in my face I remember that and and then at some point I started screaming because I was panicking like I I I needed away from him and I, I wanted to get out and he wouldn't let me go and I just started screaming and screaming like because I didn't know what else to do. And uh, I guess someone heard me because the police came. And I know I didn't call them. And I know he didn't call them. So um, I did end up getting kicked out of that place. 
And uh, how old were you when this was going on? Uh, twenty-two, I think. Twenty-one, twenty-two. Okay. I was old enough to buy alcohol. I know that. Yeah. I think yeah. I think it was about twenty-two. Um. So yeah, that wasn't actually that long ago, but uh, that was a hard time. He ended up uh, not doing any jail time either because my dumbass was, you know, under the spell. And it, it'd be like that. And um, his parents, I actually was really close with them and they fucked me over hard. And that was hard for me because they they were just worried about him going to jail, not worried about what he did to me at all. And uh, they convinced me to sign an affidavit because uh, they told me that jail wouldn't help him and he needed therapy and you know, if I loved him, I needed to do that for him so that he could get the help he needed or whatever. So, and I mean, I do believe that he needed therapy, but also like, fuck that guy. He needed to go to jail. Like, and I'm really mad about it retrospectively. And that's, that's the part that sucks the most is you always realize it like a long time after the fact. Right. And you know, at that point you really can't do anything but accept it. So, yeah. Well, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Jesus he Christ. was he was definitely one of the worst um physically. I'm just I could the way you described it, I could see it. Like I could picture it in my head and I yeah. I couldn't even imagine closing my eyes and having to having to think about that. Like well, at that point geez. it's just like full survival instinct. Like you there's not like I if had I been able to grab anything nearby, I probably would have hit him with it. <laughs> like I, I had no, I had nothing. I had nothing, and I was also like so weirdly so concerned about my animals, like because they were all so small. Like you know, small animals have heart attacks really easy in situations that are like right. anxiety. So I was so worried for them in that moment. I remember that being like one of my one of my thoughts at the moment. I was like, what if my birds die? Because we had little finches. And I loved my finches. So we were talking about final straws. Was that one for that? Yeah, that absolutely. I I left after that, and I definitely did not go back. I think I. It took me a while to like, get, like, stop having feelings for him. But I definitely like was not. She like forced yourself. Yeah, to I was done. Like I was like I can't do that to myself. Yeah. Like. It was, it was not a thing that I was going to allow anymore, even if I had the feelings I had. Like, I didn't need him if that's how it was going to be. And I realized that. And I was able to thankfully, like, accept it and kind of eventually move forward. Did it take, like, an intervention of some sort? Did somebody have to convince you to, to do that? Or I feel like as someone who cares about some people that have been in domestic abuse situations and... <clears throat> One time somebody came and asked me, can I stay at your house? Um, my ex has a gun and he's come into my apartment yeah. and he's scaring me and my baby. And, you know, and I told them, I said, are you going to sign a police report? Yeah. And they said no. And I said, then, I mean, I, you know, I'd really rather you do that. Like, yeah. You can come stay if you sign a police report. And they said, okay. And, and I, I hated doing that, you know, tough love bullshit. Sometimes you need that though, and that's uh, it. Kind of did happen that way for me because so what happened after that was um, I called my mom, I didn't know what else to do. And my mom, as tumultuous of a relationship as we've had, um, I am really close with my mom. 
I tell my mom everything. And my mom tells me a lot of shit that nobody else about knows about my mom. Like, and, um, so I, I called my mom and I, I was like, uh, you know, I told her what happened and, you know, she was really disappointed because that wasn't the first time that that was had that had happened to me, something like that. And, uh, uh, she didn't like that guy to begin with, you know, I, I don't know if she like expected it or if she, you know, cause you can kind of read a situation. But I don't know how, I don't know. But she was there for me. She she came and she helped me and um, she gave me a day or two to myself because I had two days to get everything that I owned out of that fucking shitty unit. Um, and uh, I had my friend uh, Jared come stay with me. And uh, he stayed the night because my, um, when he wouldn't, when my ex was barging through those doors the way he was, he broke the door off the door frame. So it wouldn't shut properly and I had to stay in that apartment that night. So I had someone come stay with me because I was like, that's not. Yeah. Yeah. It was really a sketchy place. Like I was not about it. So do you, <clears throat> with friends, do you, do you tell your friends the hairy details about these situations as they're going on or do you, is it, I mean, I know some people that are embarrassed of, mm -hmm. of stuff like that and, and there's certain people that I am close enough to that have stuck with me and supported me through all the things that I have been through and they those people are my family like I don't trust anyone the way I trust them like they have been with me through all of it and yeah I definitely there there's like maybe two to three people that I trust well enough to like like yeah this is really what happened and like it's not cool and like I will tell my parents um but Jared was one of those people and uh, he stayed with me and he, you know, did his best to help me through the emotional aftermath, which was not easy, you know. I was a hot mess. And uh, I think really the hardest part was just accepting that it happened again. And once you're a victim so many times, you know, you get, you get hopeless. And you start to think, like, is this all that there is for me? Is this all that I'm ever going to get out of life, like? You know, you just want someone to love you and you just get the same thing over and over. And the reality of it is, is that it's that part of it. I won't say is it's just as much your fault, but it's just as much your responsibility to try to learn how to seek out healthier things. To kind of teach yourself to, yeah, if to you don't, spot out healthier yeah, flags. If, if you don't manage that, you're never going to find anything better. And that's the sad fact about it. You're just going to keep cycling yeah, over and over. you will. You will. And that's the reality. And I hate that. So I you, don't, you caught yourself cycling and you yeah, stopped it. And, and even honestly, like, even through my most recent relationship, like, there was a lot of emotional abuse going on there, too. And I... I at some point I was just like you know what no yeah. I'm done like I'm not doing this with you and you know I'm better for it and and that was like not even that long this was like this last month like I am always moving forward but it's like it's like each person I'm with just has a similar issue for some reason and I don't it's hard to get over. It's hard to get around. Do you see yourself as like a... <clears throat> My first boyfriend was really... 
had a really complicated relationship with his family too and i saw myself as kind of like a healer like taking them in and teaching them what love is and oh he doesn't know how to love yet and i'm just yes and no because in a way like my last relationship like he did that for me in a lot of ways too because i have okay so i i grew up like i have adhd i've had adhd my whole life born with it it's a whole thing so that means that i have a very hard time being a practical responsible adult heard and five ants gang yes um (laughs) i have been taking adderall recently and i don't know how i feel about it we might switch over but um so with my last relationship like he he was good to me in a lot of ways like he's not a bad person he just has some shit he's got to work through you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and um so you know he helped me learn to be more practical and more responsible but at the same time, he didn't have that emotional response that I was looking for that I really needed. Like, mm-hmm. I desperately need that because of all the issues that I have built up at this point. And also, I think my ADHD plays a part in that because you get you have a lot of different emotional values when you deal with ADHD. So it's it's very similar to bipolar disorder. So would you consider? Oh, I'm a, I'm one of the lucky ones that has both. So. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Woo! Um, but. <laughs> Would you consider yourself a romantic? Oh, for sure. I I don't know. It's it's not like I expect everything to be like a movie or, you know, it's always going to be like rainbows and sunshine all the time. I don't think that by any means. I know that people have arguments and they don't always get along. And like when you put two people together for a long enough period of time, you know, they start to find things to argue about and that's fine but as long as they're i mean all i ask is like yeah that's what i'm saying like all i ask is like reasonable communication and that's one thing that i never have gotten from a partner really yeah and that's still to this day still to this day like that's just something i've never gotten from anyone you're gonna find it i know i will and i'm not gonna stop looking for it and i'm fine with you know however long it takes me life is short but it's not too short you know i'll figure it out so i wanted to since we're kind of on that path moving on moving on what does that look like to you is it more self-care is it recognizing those healthier signs in people and seeking out people like that or is it some alone time it's mostly just total independence because a lot of that built a sense of codependency and for a long time I felt like I could, like, I, there was just, like, a void that I needed to fill, and I thought that I could fill it with, you know, the affection of another person, and that would help me, and I've come to kind of realize that while the affection of other people is something that definitely everyone should have at some point in their life, and it is important, it shouldn't be what I focus on more than anything. It shouldn't be it shouldn't be something that controls all of my decisions. Right. And having been in relationships with people who require you to dedicate every ounce of yourself to them, even even more than you have to give, and you're trying to give them that, you know, you, you become really codependent. So I think a total sense of independence is really what moving on looks like for me. And I'm working on that right now, and I'm doing really well for myself, I think. Good for you so i'm happy about it it's time 
It is time to move on. If it fucking it. really is. Because <laughs> I've been saying that lately, too. Like, life is short, but it's not that short. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you know, I got time, but I don't got all the time. <laughs> uh, so you're not really speeding into this relationship thing? Are you, are you single right now? Um, Yeah, at the moment. I'm kind of just vibing and doing me. Um, You know, I'm probably going to, like, casually see someone or something like that in a while, but... I just kind of want to take some time and breathe for a minute. Um, you know, and the breakup, honestly, has been really amicable. Uh, this is the first healthy breakup I've ever been through. So good for you. It's been really nice. Um, that, and that's always a scary thing, breaking up with someone after you've had such bad breakups. Yeah. It's kind of like, ooh, should I even do that? I'd I was, be yeah. In a, uh, I'd rather be in a shitty relationship than have you know my nose broken again yeah like, yeah for fuck? sure <laughs> not to joke but like yeah no Jesus legitimate Christ. that's like it's so it's so for real like that but um yeah no it's it's been really refreshing um to be able to just be like hey i don't think this is good for us you know like i have nothing no problem with you as a human being like i just don't want to be your partner um because we are not great together you know, and for him to be able to just be like, yeah, okay, cool, like, let's just chill then, like, we're good, and, you know, it's it's been cool, and, like, we still, like, hang out and talk and stuff, we're just not intimate, we don't, we're not, you know, like, I have my own little space and stuff, like, I don't, you know, it's cool, good, so, that's good to hear, I'm glad. Anything, any advice you have for someone who's not technically, and, you know, abusive or you know violent or just anything that if they're in a situation they don't want to be in what's what's something that you wish if you could go back in time and tell yourself if you have the thought in your head more than two to three times maybe i shouldn't be here and maybe i shouldn't be doing this and maybe this isn't good for me then you're that's the case you need to go listen to that gut reaction if you have that thought more than once like a lot often like if you feel that way you need to go even if you have other feelings like do it for yourself and it's gonna hurt and it's not gonna be easy and it's gonna take you some time to get over it and it's gonna it's gonna take you a lot to process it but you, you gotta you got to do it for yourself and you got to do it for the people around you that do care about you. And more than that, just do it so that you can actually enjoy some period of your life. Because if you're stuck in that place, you won't, you won't get out until it's too late. Yeah. That'll be a lot of time you waste. Yeah. It, uh, not only that, but you know, you could end up with a serious, like life changing injury. Yeah. Like you could end up dead. Like, you really, that's a thing that happens so often, and people really don't talk about it. Domestic violence does oftentimes end up in murder. It can. Oh, yeah. That's it. I was watching um, something the other day. It's like the number three cause yes. of, a, of a pregnant woman is death by their husband or boyfriend yes. or whatever. Yes. Baby daddy. Uh, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I, don't, I think that's that's good to hear, though, is that you caught it. You're practicing self-love. You're moving on. It took a lot of experience and it took a lot of learning and relearning and growing. And yeah, it, it, and it definitely, it, I had to go through a lot, <laughs> you know, there was a lot of like drug abuse and 
it's all kinds of crazy things that I had to learn to understand that there was more to life than bullshit. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a lot of people in different ways. So, well, awesome. I'm so glad to hear you're doing much better and that your recent breakup has gone so well. Thank and you. <laughs> that uh, things really can change and you can be healthier and you can. It is possible. Change and grow. And it's learn possible. And you don't always have to be the same person and live in the same state. You don't always have to change your name, move to Nebraska. Fuck it. Yeah. You don't have, you can accept your situation without, you know, continuing to live in it. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right, Ty. I really appreciate you being on the show and uh, advocating for such an important thing like this and i know we joke a lot around here but um thank you for bringing such a serious matter to our show and and um before we go uh, i just want to end the episode with some information about uh the national domestic violence hotline um if you know someone who's in a situation like these or any type of situation that they shouldn't be in please call 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. Or go to thehotline.org where you can chat or call from there. Uh, Ty, any last words? Anything else you want to say? Shouts out to anybody? Anybody that you want to hear this? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just all the people that have supported me to get through all the things that I've been through this far. Um, The people that have stuck by me and... um, you know, have always told me that, you know, I will be okay and that that, that they're there for me and that... Uh, Are you starting to believe that you're going to be okay? I am. I've believed that for a long time, honestly. I just... I, It took me a long time to, like, go get it, yeah. you know? <laughs> so... It's in your reach. Yeah. I just gotta, just gotta get some gumption, but... Well, all righty, so I hope you have a wonderful night and uh, thank you all for listening. Thanks have a wonderful for having night. me. Absolutely.